Hi, dear listener. Welcome to the Young Changemakers podcast, an initiative from Global Changemakers. Your co-hosts Sophie, George, and William are very happy to have you join us today. Over this first season, we'll show you the incredible impact of youth and hopefully inspire you to take action too. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you're ready, let's go. Hi there, dear listeners. Welcome to the very first episode of the Young Changemakers podcast. We're very excited for you to join us on this journey and have you tune in to the very first episode. On this episode, I had the chance to interview the lovely Courtney Giela. She is a 24-year-old changemaker, originally from South Africa, whose LinkedIn bio reads, Committed Communications Ninja. So she founded, over the past couple of years, two youth-led organizations, one in the field of environmental awareness and one in the digital advocacy field. And she joined the Global Changemakers team full-time back in 2018, working as the communications manager. So that means that most probably you've come across this podcast thanks to her work in the social media reach of the organization. However, her first encounter with the organization was back in 2016 when she was selected as a global changemaker and she came back a year later as a peer facilitator and that's when I had the chance to meet her. So during our conversation, Courtney talked about her experience being a young changemaker and how global changemakers has helped her reach her full potential and how through their programs they've done so, so for so many other young changemakers. Also, she talked about her experience as being a digital nomad because she's been working remotely for the past couple of months. And she gave you guys, the listeners, a few tips on how to deal with that and how to make the best out of an experience um, such as the digital nomad lifestyle. Before we jump into the the episode, though, I did want to talk to you about this amazing program that Global Changemakers um, is launching again for the, now the third time. So it's the mentorship program. On the 18th of November, the applications for mentees go live. So write that down in your calendars. So what the mentorship program is, is it's open for people from 15 to 22 years old, and it takes place online for 12 weeks. And the idea is that the mentees get paired up with a selected mentor who's already an experienced change maker. And together they work on developing the skills of the mentees, as well as supporting them in developing a community project. And as I said, the applications are very soon on the 18th of November. So keep an eye out. But if you want to make sure you don't forget that date, you can sign up on our website at www.global-changemakers.net-mentorship. And you can sign up there quite easy. And there's actually more information on the website. So if you have, if you want to get any more information, you can go check it out. Okay, so on with the episode and enjoy. Welcome, dear listeners. Welcome to the first episode of the Young Changemakers podcast. 
I'm very honored and happy to have Courtney on the first episode of this podcast. Hello, Courtney. And I'm very honored and happy to be here. It's so cool. It's really exciting. Yeah, so it's it's great to have you on. We've been um, working with Courtney actually as well on this podcast. So it's uh, we're all really, really excited to start this off. And um, how's it going, Courtney, first of all? Fantastic. It's been a really cool week um, where I am in the moment in South Africa. It's becoming summer, so everything's turning green. And it's just, yeah, it's really wonderful outside and it's something I enjoy. So my mood is yeah, all good. I'm really jealous. It's getting to winter now and it's raining so much in the UK where I currently am. And so I'd love to just beam and go to South Africa with you. <laughs> Sounds Wouldn't like that be fantastic? <laughs> it would. <laughs> um, so I'd like to start off this episode uh, with a bit of an icebreaker and... Um, so that would be what what is your favorite quote and how has this influenced either more your professional life or your life in general? Hmm. I have a few favorite quotes, but I think um, the one that's probably influenced my life the most is something my mom always used to say to me. And it, it's a quote by Dr. Seuss that, um, be who you are and say what you feel because those who matter don't mind and those who mind don't matter. And so, yeah, it's something I always remind myself um, when I think not so much now, but when I was first started on my journey of, you know, trying to make a difference and standing up for things that I believed in, like women's rights or human rights or gay rights or climate change action or, you know, things like this, you often, as many listeners I'm sure will relate face opposition and and so that quote really helped me and kind of just like gave me the strength to say what I feel stand up for what I believe in and really work to make a difference and that's something I really value so yeah I would say that quote lovely actually this is a good transition how how did your sort of change maker journey start well um I've always been very passionate about the environment. I grew up on a beautiful farm and from that it really sparked a passion for environmental protection and climate action. And so I started my journey, I guess you could say, as an environmental activist at university, campaigning, um, taking action on environmental issues in my community. And um, through that, through my work there, I was introduced to the organization Global Changemakers, which, um, yeah, has just been probably... Yeah, I would say probably the most impactful thing that's ever happened to me. And it has such had such a big influence on my life. So, yeah, that's how I kind of got started, you could say. Okay. and That's we'll... how it all began. <laughs> <laughs> Once upon a time. <laughs> and um, we'll go into what um, the organization does in a second, because this is going to be sort of the main part of the interview but um, I'm actually interested because I've, I've never been to South South Africa so how is the sort of the whole uh, topic of climate change is this something that is a big topic in South Africa? Um, yes and no it's definitely doesn't get as much attention as it does in I would say a lot of more developed countries I think 
in countries such as South Africa, where we have development challenges um, such as poverty and inequality and education on the scale that we do, it's difficult to focus on things like climate. Um, it may sound counterintuitive, but it's, it's quite difficult where something is more urgent to address. Say, for example, kids still not having access to textbooks or toilets at their school to start the conversation on climate change, which although it's extremely pressing, um, we need to be talking about things that perhaps are, the effects will be felt sooner than climate change. So there is definitely a big groundswell. I know our government has got a lot of policies in place pertaining to water and energy that are very progressive and are very climate friendly. Um, so yeah, there is, there is action uh, being taken, but it's at the moment, there are a lot of other priorities that need more immediate attention, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does. Yeah. Okay. I'll go look into the government policies. I'm actually interested to see the the progressiveness of of their policies. So thank you for sharing. Um, and so, Courtney, what is Global Change Makers? <laughs> global Change Makers. This is one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, so GCM, Global Change Makers, is an organization that has a mission of supporting young leaders to make a positive impact. And it really is basically founded on the understanding and the belief that young people have the potential and the power to make a difference. That age doesn't mean that you can have any less impact. And I think, I mean, although Global Changemakers, our team and our, our members have known this since we were founded in 2007, I think we see fantastic examples of it these days now with leaders like Greta Thunberg who are coming out um, yeah, so we really are focused on supporting young people with the skills that they need, developing their capacity, providing them with mentoring. And a big one is providing young people with grant funding. Um, and as I'm sure many listeners who are involved in, in activism or change making will know, it's very difficult to access funding if you are a young change maker. Because um, people kind of hear, oh, you're 22, and they laugh you out the room. So we definitely. We work to fill that gap. And, um, yeah, we have a few programs that we work uh, to do this with. Our flagship program is called the Global Youth Summit, and we train young leaders each year in different skills that they may need to increase their impact or scale their impact. We have a mentorship program. We have a biweekly webinar series. We have this brand new podcast, which we are very excited about. And our team is really working on some very exciting things that are in the pipeline, which if you follow us on social media, you will be finding out about very soon. Exciting stuff. Thank you for, for sharing. Um, I wanted to go back to the part where you said that there's a tendency of when you're yeah 22 and just... Um, or working on your own project, there's a tendency that people sort of left you out the room. Do you feel like um, this has evolved in any way over the past couple of years, gotten better or worse? I would say that it has. Um, if I look at the way the media now speaks about young people and the work of young people, it's definitely different to say even a, uh, a short many what am I trying to say? <laughs> as even as uh, when I started out four years ago, that's what I'm trying to say. Um, there's definitely been a shift. If I mean, just yesterday, my dad and I were watching a show on CNN about 
um, a young change maker in Africa. And I don't know if that content would have been aired four years ago. And I think definitely if you look at young leaders, I'm going to use Greta Thunberg as an example because she is such a public figure. But, you know, I think she has really done a lot for creating trust in young people just by her example of how um, she handles issues and how she handles herself. So, yeah, I would say that's definitely definitely improved in my time. Although I also have received a lot of support um, despite my age from my university in particular, from parents, from mentors, people who've put trust and faith in me. And so I've really had a wonderful experience on that front. Yeah, it's good to, to have allies, right? Um, Absolutely. I feel like... It's it's great to have um, organizations that are obviously youth-led, uh, but you have to have people that are maybe already um, a bit more in other networks also supporting you or a bit more formalized structures also supporting young people. Um, yeah. That's really important, having allies. Um, Absolutely. And... So you mentioned the Global Youth Summit, which is sort of the, um, or has been the biggest product uh, or project from, from the organization. And so you were a global change maker. You started being one in 2016 when you attended the, the Global Youth Summit. Um, can you talk to us a bit more about your experience? What was, let's say, the, the biggest takeaway from that experience? Hmm. I mean, that week was unbelievable. It was, at that stage, the best week of my life. Um, and I would say the biggest takeaway, although there were many, was that I'm not alone. Um, yeah, if I look at when I was at university, I found it very difficult to relate to the rest of the students that I studied with because while they would you know, be studying, I would be organizing events or having meetings, trying to lobby the university to change their light bulbs or things like this. And so I really just felt very alone. Um, and a lot of people kind of would roll their eyes at me and they couldn't understand, you know, why I would dedicate so much time to something. And yeah, so it was really lonely and until I got to the summit and immediately from the first conversations, I never had to justify once why I was doing something. I never had to explain the need for something we really were able just to you know understand each other on that deeper level and I think that's honestly one of the reasons why I've put so much effort into global change makers as an organization because of what that did for me that it showed me that I wasn't alone yeah and you were um a facilitator the year after when when I was a participant and um well first of all you were a great facilitator <laughs> thank you <laughs> You're very welcome. So how how did you like that experience? How was that different from being a participant? Interesting question. Well, I think it was a very interesting experience to see how different it was. I mean, you yourself know being a facilitator versus a participant is different. Um, but I think the biggest takeaway for me there was I got to see a lot more of the changemaker solutions and projects that they were working on in their own communities. Whereas when I was a participant, I was focused on developing my own skills and furthering my own project. Um, and just seeing the level of sophistication and the thought that goes into these projects. I mean, I'm sure many people would be shocked to understand just how sophisticated 
and how impactful young people's projects are. And just, I mean, if you look at numbers alone, it's just insane that young people, you know, despite everything that's been said about millennials and, you know, we're lazy and we're whatever anyone else has to say about us, you know, they really are doing unbelievable work. And I think that for me was, I don't know if shocking is the right word, but it was definitely very eye-opening as a facilitator. I can agree with you so much on this. Um, having a chat with the participants is just, it's incredible. Like you said, the, um, there is so much impact done by young people, but not much is said about it, or it's not, it's not, almost not valued as much as uh, more like, let's say, formal organizations doing similar work. And yeah, um, yeah. and it's a shame, really. And it's it's great that there are organizations like Global Changemakers that see sort of beyond um, just, you know, bi- either big names of organizations and and seeing the individuals and how anybody who wants to create change can do it without having any necessarily a formal sort of organization with them. I think that was, that was also eye opening for me. I mean, absolutely. And I think something that's to the benefit of young people is that a lot of them haven't had experience in these big bureaucratic organizations. And so they don't really, you know, they haven't had their hands tied by the so-called rules of bureaucracy. You know, they don't know how things are supposed, quote unquote, supposed to be done yet. So they are just innovative. And because young people often don't have access to a lot of resources, there's that quote, necessity breeds innovation. And so because young people don't have access to, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, they're just super innovative and really creative. And it's just, the, I mean, oh, it's just amazing to see what they can do. And it's in every community, in every city, in every town in the world, there are young people who are just doing unbelievable things. And it's, yeah, that is, that is why Global Changemakers exists, to help these young people in whatever way that we can, because we believe in young people. And it's just, yeah, it's just really inspiring to see. I agree. I think that, um, um, I don't know if you had the, the a similar experience as I did, but um, this year when, when the participants, so we, um, Throughout the summit, the past three years, uh, we worked with um, the um, design thinking methodology to come up with uh, a new sort of project ideas or campaign ideas. And um, one part of it is really coming sort of brainstorming ideas. Um, and at some point, you put certain constraints on on the ideas, like, for example, that you have to work on this campaign with no money or you have to come up with this campaign in a week um, and things like that. And the amount of um, sort of creative creativity and Im- imagination was incredible to see. The oh, ideas were yeah. just great. <laughs> yeah, it's it amazing. It was so exciting to see. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, I mean, if you you haven't um, heard it in the first episode or like the introductory episode, we're all very big fans of of uh, of the organization and of the summit, <laughs> and this just confirms it again. <laughs> yeah. Hi there. 
we hope you're enjoying this episode so far. We just wanted to let you know that we are on social media at WeAreGCM and don't hesitate to follow us. And if you'd like to support us further, we also have a Patreon page. Type in Global Changemakers and decide which tier is best for you. Thank you. And now on with the rest of the episode. Um, so I'm going to move away a bit from um, the organization and focus more on you. So you've uh, oh worked, <laughs> no pressure. Uh, um, so you've worked sort of in the, the communication space for, uh, for a while now. And um, my question to you is, what do you think the role of communications is in the field of development or nonprofit management, uh, NGO, uh, social entrepreneurship? Yeah, um, I think it plays a very important and a very big role. Um, and just for the listeners, communications is kind of a really big umbrella that encompasses a lot from public relations to customer service to social media to emails to your website, kind of everything, every interaction that you have with either stakeholders or supporters or beneficiaries of your work. And so I actually, the reason I got into communications is because I was so frustrated by these unbelievable organizations who were just not getting supported because they weren't communicating what they were doing effectively. I mean, I think that is the importance of communication is unfortunately, you know, it's not enough just to have a wonderful project if no one knows about it. Um, particularly if you are looking to get donor support or government buy-in or advocate for an important cause. Of course, if you are doing work on the ground um, and you are having the impact that you want to have, that is great. But if you'd like to start scaling or expanding, you really need to be able to tell stories well and to be able to show the work that you are doing well. Um, and it builds a lot of legitimacy and a lot of credibility of organizations and projects when you communicate well. And so this is something that I think is incredibly important because a lot of communication services are very expensive, which is sad because especially for young people, we don't have resources that can go into investing in communications. We have to focus on the work itself. And so that's something I'm very passionate about and something I do um, every now and then is I will support an organization by designing their website or developing their communication strategy or you know something like that because it really does play an important role if you are at the stage where you would like to start expanding or scaling your operations as an organization. And so where did you learn all of, all of this? Did you have, was it mostly learning by yeah. doing? <laughs> yeah, learning by doing. Um, Professor Google really taught me a hell of a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was honestly, it, it would be a case of um, the team at Global Changemakers saying like, you know, let's, let's do an annual report and me spending three days researching how to do an annual report for a nonprofit uh, or the website. I mean, I must tell, tell you, when I did the Global Changemakers website, I probably stalked like 50 NGOs to get tips on their websites. Um, yeah, so it really was learning through doing. Um, and that's actually one of my favorite parts about the job because it's not someone telling me I have to learn something. It's really self-directed learning. And just for me personally, that's made it a lot more given me a lot more motivation to learn as opposed to university. <laughs> I can relate to that greatly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure many people can. <laughs> um, you said that it's mostly an umbrella of a whole bunch of different things, communications, 
right? So which which part do you like doing most? Oh, the things that I like doing the most, I think, are telling the stories of our change makers. Um, because I think storytelling has been around since humans have been around. And yeah, so I really, I like playing with words. I like writing. I like formulating sentences. I like how just certain words can have a different meaning or change a sentence entirely. So I like the storytelling aspect of it. I like doing things like the reporting or the websites or, you know, the things like that um, are something that I enjoy most about communications. Yeah, I just sound like <laughs> such a nerd, my goodness. <laughs> I, d- I wow. did ask you the question, though, so it's been my fault. <laughs> yeah, listeners, excuse me for nerding out on you like that. <laughs> <laughs> and if if any of our listeners are interested in um, in learning a bit more how to do storytelling, do you have any useful tools or any advice for them? I mean, we've all heard this before, but you really can't find anything on the internet. Um, And so if there's anything that you want to learn or anything, I mean, if someone asks you to do something and you are just completely lost and have no idea where to start, type that into Google and I promise you it will really, yeah, it's, it's amazing what you can find on the internet. I don't know how people before our generation actually survived without it. My goodness. (laughs) Yeah. So I would say, yeah, just do some research. Don't be scared of research. Um, You can learn can anything that's so relatable i i agree <laughs> with you so much how did they do it before <laughs> i have no idea my goodness also when you when you watch movies from like the the i don't know the 60s 70s 80s even 90s and you you know they they can't call each other <laughs> they have all these issues and um or issues no i mean not issues but sort of things that it, it just it's funny to watch it again and um, imagine a world where you couldn't just text or Skype or, yeah. And I mean, right. you see how like drawing that across to, I mean, the work we do, if I look at, I mean, I use Global Change Makers as an example, because that's, you know, what I focus on. But I mean, just the way we communicate as an organization, I was reading about nonprofit newsletters and this was written in like 2008, this blog article. And in those days, they actually printed out and mailed people the newsletter. I mean, I don't even know if I, my family has a mailbox anymore because everything is just done digitally. I mean, yeah, so it's just in the short while that we've, you know, I'll say be alive, been alive, but really it has changed fundamentally how nonprofits communicate. Of course, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, I, I remember... Um, having a landline back in the day and we haven't had one in a long time I think for the yeah at least five years if not more but a few people still have them and so it's weird then when when they have it even though back in the day was so normal and it was weird to have a phone like a cell phone yeah everything changes really quickly Um, (laughs) you can say that again Uh, so talking about your work again, um, because you guys are such a diverse team and you um, also work in different places, uh, sort of the, the core team of, of global change makers, um, you have the opportunity to work from wherever. And for a little bit, you work remotely while traveling. Um, do you mind talking a bit more about that experience? Sure. So 
I mean, as much as I often wish that I was sitting in an office with my team, I'm really grateful for the fact that we, or that I can work remotely and have the opportunity to see, you know, wonderful places and meet incredible people. And so for the beginning of this year or the last eight months or so, I was traveling around Asia and working from different coffee shops in Asia. Um, And it was, yeah, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. I learned so much about myself, about other people. Um, I set out at the beginning of the year with the goal to make myself uncomfortable so that I would have to quote unquote, get out of my comfort zone. And I actually realized that you never leave your comfort zone. You can't get outside of your comfort zone. You just kind of stretch the boundaries and eventually your comfort zone becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And so it's definitely something I would recommend if you have the opportunity um, to really, you know, work remotely or travel. Um, Jeepers, it sounds very privileged to say, but if you do have the opportunity, I would really recommend it. Um, But that being said, it was... Um, if I'm very honest, it was quite lonely at times to, because a lot of the connections you form with people are very shallow because, you know, you just pass by at a coffee shop and you meet someone for five minutes. And so it was quite lonely. Um, and so I think if I had to do it again, which I'm planning to do next year, I'm definitely going to focus on staying in places a bit longer to start forming a little bit more of a community of people. Um, yeah, so I'd say that's, yeah, that's a little bit more on that. Did did you meet a lot of people doing something similar as you working remotely? There are a lot of places, especially in Southeast Asia, because of the cost of living, um, where there are a lot of digital nomads. Um, I know Bali is a hub, Thailand is a hub, um, you know, places like this. Um, so yeah, I, when I was in Bali, especially, I met a lot of digital nomads, and actually um, a lot of people working in the nonprofit space and uh, like full teams of nonprofits like workers that would just kind of all decide together to go work from Bali. <laughs> it was awesome. Wow. I mean, there yeah. are worse places to work from, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It was very cool. I learned a lot about a lot of different things just from chatting to people and the work that they do. And yeah, a lot of people in the communication space as well, because it's, it's a digital field. Of course. And I guess it, it, enables you also to connect with people you wouldn't connect with back home, I guess. Yes, definitely. And do you have any, any tips for anybody who'd like to, to do something along those lines working remotely? Have a nest egg because things happen. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Have at least enough to buy yourself a flight home um, would be tip number one. Um, Tip number two is don't choose the first place that you find to stay because there's a lot of options that you can find of places to stay um, that are often much cheaper than the first place you find. Um, and yeah, put yourself out there and try and make friends and try and make connections because yeah, it really shows you how important community is. Great. Thank you for the tips. I think the first one is something, yeah, really important and can be forgotten quite quickly. Yeah, um, especially if, if you're me and you blow through your nest egg, <laughs> because it's very stressful. <laughs> Why does this not surprise me? <laughs> yeah, very, very stressful. So that's actually one of the reasons I came back to South Africa is like, I just need a nest egg if I'm going to continue to do this and be responsible and so-called an adult. Makes sense. Where are you planning on going next? I have no idea. 
I guess I'll play it by ear. I'd really like to go to Mozambique um, for two weeks before the end of the year to help with the recovery from the cyclone that hit Mozambique in uh, earlier this year. Um, I have a friend that works for a really incredible organization called All Hands and Hearts, and they have a wonderful program where if you can find or if you can pay for your ticket to get to the place, they will cover all your expenses to help them do work like rebuilding schools or building communities resiliency to withstand just further disasters and things like that. So something I'm looking into if my uh, my bosses will give me some time off if Catherine and Gabby are listening. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you definitely deserve it. Um, <laughs> um, all hands in, all hands in heart. Is that it? All hands and hearts. And heart. Okay. Can anybody uh, join the organization or sort of help out? Yeah, I think you need okay. to be over eighteen. But aside mm-hmm. from that, you just sign up. Okay. Uh, we'll have that in the show notes um, if anybody is interested in uh, in uh, looking into that. And um, if you have any suggestions for Courtney, um, go follow us on on social media and uh, let us know where Courtney should go next. <laughs> ah, please, I would love it. <laughs> so the social media is we are GCM, um, and if I'm not mistaken, we are on Instagram. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter as well. And LinkedIn, and we're on YouTube, where you can get a lot of um, our webinars that we host every two weeks. And of course, our website as well, Global Changemakers. Lovely. We're everywhere, basically. So (laughs) (laughs) go give us tips as to where where Corinne should go next. Lovely. Um, So if you look at your journey so far, is there anything you'd do differently if you were to do it again? Hmm. I guess as you asked that, there are a lot of things that come to mind that I would have wished I'd done differently. Um, but if I think about it, we are, you know, the, the sum of our experiences, you know, who we are. Um, and so I think I wouldn't be who I am and I wouldn't have done what I've done if it wasn't for, you know, all the experiences that I've had. So kind of in a very, um, trying to sound mature way, (laughs) I don't know if I would do anything differently. Um, but I think something that I wish I'd learned earlier was, um, how to accept myself. And I'm sure this is something that many people can relate to. Um, it just, yeah, self-doubt and self-acceptance, um, really, stop me from pursuing a lot of things, um, telling myself that I wasn't good enough or I wasn't deserving. Um, yeah, it really helped me back from pursuing a lot of opportunities, imposter syndrome, you know, all of the the fun things that um, we have to deal with as human beings. And so, yeah, if there's one thing I wish, I wish I'd learned kind of the tools to, you know, um, work through that a little bit earlier. But again, I, I wouldn't be who I am now if I didn't learn the lessons when I learned the lessons. So, Yeah. Of course. I I agree that it's those are a few things that can hold you back and it's a shame. Um looking back on, on a few opportunities you missed just just because of in the end thoughts and nothing else and just sort of yourself being afraid of 
be a judgment from other people for from yourself it's um it's a shame but like you said every everything that you experience shapes you to who you are today so yeah exactly no and regrets think, you know i'm not a very religious person but something i do believe is and trust in is that everything happens for a reason um and so kind of that in the absence of faith that is what i kind of believe in and it's so far proved to be true so we'll see we'll see how it goes with the, <laughs> the you know the experiences and the adventures that I have awaiting me but so far everything happens for a reason it does and um, on those really wonderful words I want to end this episode um, thank you so 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 much for being on on the very first one um, I've I've gotten a lot of insight from you, Courtney. So thank you very much. If you'd like to add anything, now's the time. <laughs> sure. Well, thank you so much. It really is an honor to be on the first episode of the Young Changemakers podcast. Something obviously I am very passionate about and believe in so much. And I, yeah, I just really encourage the listeners to check us check out our resources. We have a lot of free resources on our website. Um, www.global-changemakers.net um, and yeah really it's something a quote that I love by Archbishop Desmond Tutu um, and it's do your little bit of good where you are with what you have because it's these little bits of good that overwhelm the world so if you you know want to make a difference there is something that you can do there's always something that you can do within the amount of time you have, the resources you have available and your specific skill set. There is something you can do. So yeah, just do something because the world needs people like you. That's beautiful. I love that. Thank you Thank so you. much for sharing all that. <laughs> oh, no, really. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting a bit emotional because um, <laughs> it's, it's just really, yeah, I love that. Um, I'll link all the um, all of the um, social media and website and all the links down in the show notes, and I'll put the quotes as well in the show notes so that everybody can have access to to that. Thank you so much, Courtney, again, and uh, to all you listeners out there, take care. If you'd like to know more about Global Changemakers and our mission of enabling youth to create a positive impact in their communities, you can visit our website at global-changemakers.net or follow us on social media at WeAreGCM. And if you'd like to support us further, go check out our Patreon page at Global Changemakers and help us have a greater impact. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Young Changemakers. See you next Tuesday.